What's going on, guys? This is John Seaman. This is episode one of the GFG Show Grinding for Greatness podcast. Uh, I'm here myself uh, with my co-host, James Hughes. These are going to be our internal monologue sessions when James and I get on here and talk about uh, some of the things that go through your head. I'll let him break that down a little bit more. Um, but we're also going to have some other guests on here. What Grinding for Greatness is, uh, is we're going to have some folks on here that um, you know have reached some certain level of greatness in their life. Uh, you guys may think that this is going to be a generic business podcast, but it's not. We're going to have business owners. We'll have artists. We'll have uh, athletes. Anyone who's struggled, who's grinded uh, to get to a certain element of what they consider greatness, um, we're going to have them in here talk about some of the struggles that they've had, some of the grind that they've had, uh, the grit that it takes to get to that level, um, and try to motivate some of you guys. Uh, that's the that's the end result of this podcast. Maybe we'll meet some cool folks, talk about some cool things. There will be a lot of business stuff for you guys that are tuning in for business uh, business tips and stuff. Um, because we're entrepreneurs ourselves, we'll be speaking to a lot of entrepreneurs, um, even athletes, even artists there, they all have entrepreneurial skills themselves and mindsets. Um, really we're just talking to the obsessed cause that's what it takes for greatness. You know, we're, it takes a different kind of person that's going to be ridiculed, uh, that's going to be looked at differently. Uh, that's called, you know, maybe self-centered, uh, workaholics, um, this different type of person that knows exactly what they want and they're going to grind for it. Those are the folks that we're going to bring in here that takes a certain mindset. And a lot of that mindset goes back to internal dialogue. And that's why me and James are going to hop on a couple of these podcasts. Uh, we're going to talk about some of that stuff that goes on inside of your head. Um, try to help you guys out uh, maybe with the, some of your struggles. If you're grinding uh, with some of that stuff that you're talking about in your head, I'm going to turn it over to James real quick. Cause he has a couple uh, quick tips a couple facts for you about that internal dialogue. Yeah. So, you know, one, welcome to the podcast. Uh, happy to be able to get this voice out here. And ultimately, at the end of the day, um, our mantra is we're just here to inspire some motherfuckers. So, you know, right. it, it may be a little bit of an aggressive mindset, but, you know, to succeed, that's what you have to have. Um, just to kind of hit a little bit on what he was talking about before, a lot of what we're going down to, who we're specifically talking to, are those who are ambitious. Ambition is something that can take you anywhere, right? And anyone who has any level of success in what they're doing, their craft, their trade, um, their desires, their happiness, whatever, that all started at a turning point. No one just came into that moment of being successful in their mind. They made an identifying factor at some point. So a lot of what we're gonna focus on with this inner monologue sessions is your mindset where you are in your journey and how to be able to take that next successful step forward without setting yourself up for three steps back. And a lot of that comes down to that mindset. So speaking of that mindset, so starting. So everyone at some point has started in a point um, or found themselves in a point to where what they were doing wasn't necessarily what they, what they thought they would be doing. And so we're going to talk a little bit about our personal experiences because, um, you know, we've both started businesses, sold businesses. We've both, um, you know, are, are never satisfied with what today has ended with. We always want to make tomorrow even better. Right. And so we're going to tell a little bit of personal experience um, on 
where we started um, and when we decided that, you know, not necessarily working for someone else, but having our future in someone else's hands wasn't what we wanted to do. And so how do you make those identifying factors? How do you decide to do something different? And then how do you do that when the next day isn't necessarily, the next day isn't necessarily um, measurable success? So I know, John, I know you started a lot with um, a, a sales kind of background, right? Before you just started your own business. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, I went off to college, which is a whole nother aspect of what we're going to talk about. Uh, went off to college, uh, got a telemarketing job to pay the bills and eat lunch. You know, um, I got a lot of sales experience through that. Um, you know, I'm super competitive. I wanted to be the best in the, in the call center. I also wanted to make a lot of money, you know, to do either. You have to be good, uh, at sales. Um, telemarketing is a real small window of, of sales. There's, there's tons of different, um, you know, there's door to door, there's car salesmen, you know, there's vendors, there's all kinds of different sales, but yeah. So I started, uh, in, in telemarketing, and really enjoyed sales, man. Um, there's a, there's unlimited amount of, of money to be made when you're when you can sell a product, right? Because there's an endless market. Yeah, someone you know, as long as someone's there to buy it, there's a, there's there's someone there to sell it. So yeah, and I and I really liked that aspect of it. You know that it was uncappable, mm-hmm. right? You could just keep scaling it. Um, started started doing that, and then uh. You know, I was going to college to be a motorcycle mechanic, which there's no uh, there's no career in. That's very very specialized. Yeah, I don't know the yeah. right two people to be able to. <laughs> I thought that's what I wanted to do. So, um, man, I made a bunch of money really quick telemarketing, and I and I threw that gig away to go be a service manager at a dealership. Once I uh, you know finished college, uh, went there, worked there for a couple years. Uh, realized that, you know, it just wasn't the money I wanted to make. It was a position that you weren't just going to keep scaling. Um, got a job traveling, mm-hmm. traveled for four years, uh, worked in that business and, you know, reached as high as I could get in that, in that business as the project manager. Um, I made a lot of money there too. Uh, that, that job was really great. It was an amazing experience cause I got to travel all over the U S got to see everything, you know, that there was to offer in, in the United States, uh, while making a bunch of money, mm-hmm. you know, and having a damn good time, you know, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of days that, you know, I knew I made a couple hundred bucks that day and I'd blow a couple hundred bucks that night. Yeah. You know? If you know what's coming in tomorrow, you can go ahead and uh, That's right. blow it today. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I want, I always wanted to keep climbing the ladder, right? I wanted to keep going as far as I could. I went as far as I could in that bit, that business. It was a family owned business. I asked uh, my boss there if, you know, I could buy into the business so that I felt some kind of investment there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because it was family owned. He wanted to keep it family owned. And, um, you know, so there was no more opportunity for me to grow there. There wasn't uh, like a, uh, a daughter you can marry or an, no, no, no. He had a son and we were tight, but not okay. that tight. You know, <laughs> we weren't that tight. Um, so, uh, yeah, I decided then, man, I just want to start my own thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, and I don't know if that's like the entrepreneurial aspect of, of me, my mindset, or if, uh, you know, I just wanted to be the top dog or Mm -hmm. if I just wanted to get something that I could build and keep growing, you know? It sounds like one thing that keeps reoccurring with this is you're making the money, but that's not necessarily making you happy. Yeah. And so... Another mindset that's following there 
is competitiveness, that, that competitive mindset. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that, I don't know if that was necessarily something that you developed um, over the time, but it sounded like, you know, you're not going to be happy then until you are top dog at that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I've always been super competitive. You know, I grew up uh, racing dirt bikes mm-hmm. uh, from real young age. Um, and I think that, you know, that's a whole nother element too with sports, you know, and kind of what that instills in you when you're young. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that competitiveness uh, has definitely drove me a lot further than what the money would, right? Because, yeah. for example, the telemarketing job, I worked there uh, eight months. I was, they wouldn't let you work full time for the first three months, you know, within your first 90 days. So I only worked there for five months full time and I made 90 grand at 19 years old, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so I was, I was killing it money wise, but it just, you know, didn't feel like that's where I needed to be forever, you know? So let's, let's talk a little bit about that specific feeling. So at some point, you know, you're making the money and for, especially a 19 year old, that, that, that should be the world, right? Like yeah. we can just put our hands behind our head, kick back, call it a day right there. Right. But there was still something there that didn't seem quite satisfying enough. So when you decided to make that transition from making what you were making, having this life that didn't really, really necessarily seem like it was, I mean, I'm sure there was challenges to the job, but it yeah. sounded like you found a very comfortable spot there. I did. How did you decide and talk me through a little bit of that, that mindset of this, even though it's everything that I thought it could be, it's still not enough. Let's talk a little bit about that transition and that, that I don't want to say ambition again, but that kind of courage to take that leap of faith, to take that jump and to bet on yourself that you're looking for something to make you happier. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I always want to make good money. I've always wanted to make good money. I don't know what drives that. Um, but the money wasn't everything there. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, I was still just amongst all the other guys in the call center. Although, you know, month after month I was, you know, the number one producer, I was still, sitting shoulder to shoulder with those guys, you mm-hmm. know? And, and I don't know if it was that, um, I wanted a different position where I was in a little bit higher role or, um, what drove me to feel like, you know, the money isn't everything. Cause we were, you know, even there, you know, making that much money at that age, living in Orlando, we, you know, we had tons and tons of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought moving from there into the motorcycle industry was you know, like the dream, right? Like mm-hmm. I grew up racing. I thought if I couldn't make it as a, a racer, uh, that I would just help someone work on their bikes and stuff, you know? And I worked with the race team and stuff and man, the money's just not there. And, you know, it's just, it, it, there's no room for growth in that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't something that, uh, maybe I, I just didn't feel like was super admirable, you know? Uh, so then I started traveling you know, and Mm -hmm. with the same mindset, you know, I'll start, you know, at the entry level here and I'll work my way through this business. And I guess maybe my mindset's always that, you know, I'll get to a certain point and then I'll be able to make like partner in the business, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and have that investment of look what we're growing, you know, look what we're building. I think that's always what I've been after of what can I build, you Mm -hmm. know? I think one thing that's, um, pretty universal and pretty common with what you just said that anybody who's probably in that state where they feel like they're stuck in mud and they they want to take that next step and they want to um, try to start bringing more of that in their life that makes them happy is I think we kind of fall down this um, rabbit hole of looking for what makes us happy Mm -hmm. and in those situations right there 
you know, you thought this would be what would make you happy and you made that transition. And as you were getting closer to it, it didn't quite seem like it landed. Yeah. hundred percent. Kept going, kept going. I think one thing that's very important that we have to do is we have to, in our situation where we're stuck and we feel unhappy is we have to identify not what would make us happy, but what currently is making us unhappy. Right. And so you're not chasing a dream. You're not chasing a fantasy. You're not falling into a line of delusion. You're able to look at practical steps of your life, identify, well, even if it's, you know, you want the freedom and you don't have freedom. Well, freedom makes you happy. But what specifically is causing you to feel like you're not having freedom right now? And so then with having those identifiable factors in your life, you can then start to make changes to those as you move on to the next one, just like you did uh, going from telemarketing into the next phase. You know, you felt limited. The being limited in that game is a lot yeah. of where you felt like you were. You know, yeah. so then changing that aspect, going to a job that enabled growth. You weren't just looking for a place that had growth because you could find that anywhere. Mm-hmm. You were finding a place specifically that you already had that foundation of what you felt like was right for you, and then were able to take those unhappy identifying factors, build on those, have a practical working set, and then move on to the next one. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So I I knew immediately. I, I've always known that you know the growth factor is something I is that something I I wanted, mm-hmm. you know, that I strive for, that I always looked for. Um, and and you know, it goes back to every example I've given you and every position I've had, you know, I made really good money. Uh, but when I realized the minute I realized there's no more growth, I just kind of checked out, mm-hmm. you know, I, and I've even been offered in both of those jobs where I was making really good money, you know, when I, you know, asked, Hey, what about growth? I was offered a whole lot more money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I even told him, look, dude, it's, it's not about the money at this point. You know, I, you know, I, I immediately recognized the growth is what was, you know, what I was after. Mm-hmm. So going back to what you said, I think that, yeah, you have to very quickly figure out the things that are not making you happy currently with whatever it is that you're doing, right? Like, you know, we're using all these analogies about work, but this can be with anything. This can be with your, you know, if you're an artist, if you're an athlete, if you're in school, you Even know, relationship it, stuff. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it, that's very, very much corresponding to what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, especially relationships, you know, I think it's just about anywhere that you direct emotion of yourself, 100%. anywhere that you put a piece of yourself into. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Identifying what makes you unhappy to be able to work on, to bring that happiness to you. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of folks, suffer from complacency. Mm-hmm. They will recognize these things, although it's, I do feel like it's, it's hard for some folks to recognize what's not making them happy, what's making them unhappy. I do feel like a lot of folks suffer from complacency and they think, yeah, you know, this isn't that great, but, um, you know, what's the alternative, right? Mm-hmm. Having to go look for something else. Uh, and I think that that may be an insecurity thing or a confidence thing, I haven't had a struggle with changing any of those positions because I was confident in myself. Mm-hmm. I was confident in my work ethic that no matter what I did, no matter what move I made, I was going to be able to make it work, mm-hmm. you know, and I was going to be successful at it. Um, I was confident in myself that, you know, if, if I give this up, I can go find something even better. Mm-hmm. But I think with complacency, whether it's relationship or whether it's your job or anything, uh, that lack of confidence is there that's hindering you from taking the step of 
let me go find better. Let me go find what's going to make me happier, you know? And that's just taking all the air. <coughs> that's just taking all of the air out of ambition. And so that complacency yeah. is going to be the, I don't want to call it the root of all evil for it, but so if you're going through the, the emotions and you're going through, and you know, we get it, life is hard. Sometimes it, you can't necessarily just make that shift because you have other responsibilities right. or you have other dependencies that you, know, you have to be able to be responsible for, and that's fine, but that's where ambition kicks in. Right. I mean, it's, it's the human condition that if there's a will, there's a way. You know what I mean? If you want it bad enough, you can get through mm-hmm. whatever those hardships are, right? And so a thing that happens with complacency is going back to what we were talking about, about identifying what's making you unhappy rather than what's making you happy. I think a lot of times if we start looking for only what's making us happy, we ignore those things that make us unhappy. They never get attention. They never get addressed. They never get energy put to them. So then as we start chasing what's making us happy and we start feeling like that that's our ambition and that's the next move we need to make, it's never going to come because that mm-hmm. happiness is still there. Right. Well, it's going to make that ambition to get what you want harder to do because you're carrying around this weight of complacency the whole yeah. time. Your internal monologue, on average, is about 4,000 words per minute. How many of those words are positive? How many of those words are reassuring to yourself that you deserve this next thing? Um, talking about my experience for just a little bit. Um, I've known, honestly, since I was four years old that I wanted to be in the creative field and that I wanted to to survive off of my creativity. Um, And for the most part, you know, I followed that pretty well. And I remember there was one point in my early 20s where I was a manager at a uh, small town grocery store and I kicked my feet on the back of the desk, put my hands behind my head and I said, you know what? I think I could just do this manager thing for a good little bit. I don't have to worry about creativity. Then I got fired two days later. (laughs) So at that point, I was like, all right, well, you know, I keep talking my entire life how I'm this big deal creative person. I'm going to do my life with creativity. So I went to the local community college and found one field that could be both creative and possibly also be practical because I'm looking to make a career out of something. You know, you can't just be a hobbyist as a creative and be able to pay the bills. You have to have a little bit of turn and burn with that. So I looked at the photography department that was there and I mean, it, it took it took about a year and a half before I really kind of settled in. I mean, I had a panic attack while I was at the beach one year because I couldn't find a future in this. But um, I took uh, one video class and everything. A future meaning a career yeah. with your creativity. Exactly, exactly. Because, you know, I've always told myself, well, if this creative thing doesn't work out, I can just go work somewhere and be a manager or something like that. I don't have to have creativity if, if that doesn't work out. And I do. Um, I found out really quickly, you know, how negative my train of thought would be um, if I didn't have that kind of expressive outlet, right? And then me as a person, I can't just settle with that and only have that on the side. Maybe it's a little bit of uh, selfishness, but I don't understand why I can't have it full time. And, you know, I enjoy it so much. So why can't I do it full time? Right. And so um, all of this kind of came to a head and everything kind of really started going. I was going to... um, Uh, college and I was majoring in mass communication. I dropped out my second year. I only had to go for two and a half years. I would have graduated. So I was a half a semester or I was a semester away from uh, getting my bachelor's. And I just could not see that direction as being beneficial for me. Now, I'm not bashing college and saying you don't have to go to college to to make it to your next step. Sometimes you have to play the red tape. Sometimes it is what it is. There's a lot of college can be a tool that if you use it correctly, can 
vastly help your your experience. A hundred percent. And not to not to lose track of your thought there, but how many folks do you think go to college that are heading down the wrong path mm -hmm. because we're pushed to college at such an early age? We really don't know what we want in life. Yeah, I remember in the eighth grade having to pick what university I wanted right. to plan for, and it's like, yeah, I just want to skateboard. Like that's yeah, all I want to do at eight, eighth, eighth grade, grade. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do with the rest of my life. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have a clue. Exactly. You know? And in eighth grade, we're being pushed to make huge financial decisions on which college and which career path we're going to head for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. And this all ties right back to complacency and where you're at in life at 25 years old, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars in college debt, not doing what you want to do, but you're complacent because you've made that decision when you're, how old are you in, in eighth grade, 15, 16 years old? Yeah. Right around in there. Yeah. So you made a decision when you're 15 or 16 you go to college, you invest hundreds of thousands of dollars, you start working a career that's probably oversaturated by the way. And you, you're miserable every day because it's not what you want to do. Yeah. I, I feel like everybody at 25 definitely has a huge mental pivot mm -hmm. on what the rest of their life's going to look like. And I mean, you may have a solid foundation. You may know exactly the direction you want to yeah. go in. And that's where a lot of that ambition is going to help push you there. Yeah. If you continue to collect these unhappy factors in your life, those are going to start to add up. And like we were talking about before, right. that's the pin in this balloon that's just going to let that air out as much as you try to build in. And yeah, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, that's a huge pin in that balloon of For ambition, sure. especially sure. if you're starting to see roadblocks already. Yeah. And so I could see that path right there that I was going down. And I was like, I can't do this. I, this just isn't the direction. Um, I know in my area right now, I started looking around like, all right, I know video work is what I want to do. That's my ambition. That's where um, I feel like will launch me to the next stage in my creativity because every, every step along the way, every creative venture that I've had, I've put all effort into that until I've hit that, that kind of spot where I feel like I can't grow any farther in that. So then I take everything I learned in that venture and put it into the next one and try to grow there. And so I felt like, all right, you know, starting this um, video business in my hometown, that'll be that next step. That'll be my next little pivot point to, to get on from there. And so I dropped out that semester, put it all into that, and then step by step just try to make it grow. And so like what I was finding that was making me unhappy specifically was I want what I produce to matter. I, I want yeah. an audience to see it, right? And in that university bubble, everything I was doing was just existing within that bubble. And then once you get out of that experience, now you have to face the competition who in the field that I'm wanting to go into, it's who you know. It's not necessarily how much you've done. You don't have a chance to do a lot until you meet a bunch of people. That's ambition, right? And that's the that's an ambition for a certain person. That's a drive, a channel for a certain person. That's just not who I am, right? And so a lot of that ambition and a lot of that taking steps to the next level to make that pivot, to do what makes you happy, to make those identifying factors of what makes you unhappy. All of that stuff comes down to you understanding yourself. Right. You being able to, like you said, um, be able to bet on yourself and, and know that, you know, you're confident enough in yourself that you're going to be able to go. And my whole little experience and story there, I was confident enough in myself that I had that safety net that I could jump onto. Um, you know, maybe not everyone has that safety net. Right. But then it comes down to, you know, how much more do you want it? 
Um, 100%. Yeah. Again, that ambition, you can create a safety net with that. If you're able to make these identifying factors, you can make a practical step then thereafter <coughs> to be able to put in the motion to be able to create that safety net so that you can then make that bigger jump. Um, which, you know, one thing that is really important in all of this, you know, it's great to sit here and talk about all these big plans. It's great to sit here and talk about do what you want to do. But none of that matters um, if you're not finding traction with that. And, and you know, it, it goes back to you saying, you know, betting on yourself and, you know, none of it matters if you get any traction or anything. And really none of it fucking matters if you're not going to take action, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, you know, going back to what I was talking about earlier about why I didn't care to make those changes is I was confident in myself. I was confident in my work ethic. And I knew that I could take enough action to make those changes work. I think a lot of folks want a little bit of a change. Mm -hmm. Um, They have the ambition, but maybe they're not willing to take as much action as needed to make that change. Because when you are making that pivot, right, from whatever you're doing to what you know you need to be doing or what your ambition is driving you for, it doesn't, it's not like you can take a little action. It's not a side move. It's a step forward. Mm-hmm. And a step forward takes way more action than you're taking right now. Now you might can, you know, kind of put it back on cruise control when you get there, but to make the move upward, it takes huge amounts of action. And I mean, and sometimes at that point you have to take a step back to step out 100%. of the situation you're in to be able to step forward. There's always that additive, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And a way that I love to use that expression is to use it the other way around. Rome wasn't built in a day. It also wasn't, you know, deconstructed in a day either. Right. You've made it to a point in your life that you have identified some of these things that make you unhappy. What's probably taken some times for those things to build up. It's probably taken some times for those Mm -hmm. patterns to occur and for you to be able to step into those. So it's going to take some time to step out of it too. There's going to be a lot of experiences that feel unnatural, that feel different, that feel uncomfortable. Yep. And that's a good thing. You yep. know what I mean? You've gotten comfortable being unhappy, the definition of complacency in my mind. 100%. And yeah. So if you're able to take those steps, take that step backwards, you can then have more or less a clean slate of what you want to plan on doing forwards. Right. That's where, you know, if you build that safety net, then you can take that step back into that safety net. If not, you just have to be a little more conservative in your approach. But you can still make those steps backwards. You have to identify um, yeah, that yeah. step back. And, you know, I'm going to continue using business analogies because mm-hmm. that's what I talk about all day, every day. But, um, you know, just as you're saying that, I'm thinking about business and relationship analogies. For example, you know, a business analogy, a lot of folks are miserable in the fucking position that they're in. And they've worked in that position for a long time. So they've got... Uh, you know, some seniority there. They may be making a good bit of money, but they've recognized a lot of things that are making them unhappy with where they're at. They know there's another business that will offer them solutions to those things that they're unhappy with, but they don't have seniority there, right? Mm -hmm. So they have to take that step backwards to enter into that business at a certain entry level and knowing that, you know, there's going to be things that they're giving up that are not making them happy to gain things that will make them happy. And it's going to take a little while to get the seniority there and make as much money or, you know, and knowing that they can potentially make a lot more money, but they won't take that second just to take a step backwards in their pay scale Mm -hmm. relationship, you know, to use an analogy there, 
Some people may be in a relationship that they're kind of content in, but there's a lot of things that are making them unhappy. And they think, well, I don't want to step out of this relationship to go find a new one because there are three or four things that do make me happy or I don't have to do my fucking laundry or dishes or, well, dude, take the hit to the chin for a little while, man. And, you know, wash your own fucking clothes and wash your own ass and cook your own food for a little while. And in the future, find someone that is going to make you a whole lot happier. You know? So yeah, that's one thing, you know, kind of going back with the relationship aspect of it. Um, like I said, you know, all of these are, are based around emotions, right? And so obviously you put a lot of emotion in your job. You put a lot of emotion in yourself. You put a lot of emotion in your relationship, hopefully. And so the idea that, you know, if you're in a relationship like you're talking about, you've been with them for a lo- you know a pretty good while. You're starting to get complacent. You're starting to find things that make you unhappy and you just accept them. In that relationship, though, there is a lot of foundation that you've built with this other person. And going to the take a step back analogy, you could find someone who is more compatible, right? And yeah, by 100%. taking that step back, you're going to have to basically re-enter into a new relationship. But yeah. There's going to be a lot of new things there. You can't you're not going to be as comfortable with this new person as you were with your old person, even though the old person somewhat made you unhappy. Now they weren't the root of your unhappiness, but they were just things that weren't fully making you happy. And so when you find that other person, that's going to take a while to work through, to build that trust, reinvest those emotions. And before you know it, let's say this person is ultimately more compatible for you. You're going to make it to levels with this person that you never made with the person before. Right. And a lot of that is you identifying in yourself, hey, this doesn't make me happy and I deserve to be happy. And so it's just like that in a relationship. We hear that all day long. We can read memes all day long on Instagram and Facebook. I tell mm-hmm. you your worth and your relationship and don't toxic blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. Very true. But also at the same time, we never take that same mindset and apply it to us in other areas of life. I deserve to be happy at work. I deserve to be happy in a relationship. I deserve to be happy on my drive home. Now we have to identify, you know, we can't just expect everything to make us happy all the time. Right. So there's gotta be a priority level to it. There's Mm -hmm. gotta be a level of, you know, is this something that's upsetting me? If it is, address it. If it's not, then it's not really upsetting you. You know what right. I mean? We're going to find mild, there's a difference between a mild discomfort. There's a difference between a thing that just kind of rubs you the wrong way compared to something that is eating at you and is actually the, the core of, of an unhappiness thing. You have to understand your priorities and boundaries before you can start addressing, is this a level five stress or is this a level two stress? Yeah. And look, you know, we keep talking about things that are making us unhappy, but ultimately it's to find things that are going to make us happy and Mm -hmm. to give those things up. Right. So just like you just said, you're always going to have things that make you unhappy, right? No one is living in a fucking world like you're on a Viagra commercial. Right. Right. Um, so you know, the, the, the whole, the whole realm of the whole podcast is grinding for greatness. Right. And on that on that ride, you're going to have things that make you unhappy. We're looking to identify those and get as many of those out of the way as possible. But on that ride, you're going to, you're going to have to overcome some things and that's where grit comes in, Mm -hmm. right? That's where you just got to buckle down and you know that in the end you're striving for something bigger. So you're going to have to suffer through some of those periods that fucking suck. You're going to have to suffer through some of that shit that sucks. But you know that it's to get to where you want to be. The analogy with a relationship or something, 
you know, if there's things that are making you unhappy there, you're not getting to another place in that relationship mm-hmm. that is going to be a, a different place than what you're in now, right? Yeah, a person aren't, they're just not going to magically change and become yeah. someone different. Exactly. That's a, that's a, you know, one level relationship. It's not, you know, looking to become a pro supercross racer or the next NFL guy, mm-hmm. you know, we're not talking about, you know, the shit that's going to make you unhappy while you're training 12 hours a day. You know, we're talking about the daily in and out shit. We're talking about working out a business that, you know, there's no growth. There's things there that you're having to give up, you know, being with your family or traveling or, you know, an asshole boss mm-hmm. that you can, you can get that shit out of your life to go for something bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, don't think that we're saying that no matter what you're not, you're, you can live a life that isn't going to have to take some grit. Yeah. There's you know? always going to be things that make you unhappy. Even in your best dream job, there's always going to be some, yeah. If you enjoy everything from a 10 to an eight in, in a scale of happiness, well, that, that eight is going to be the thing that you like the least. There's yeah. always going to be that there. And yeah, like you're saying, we're not saying as soon as it gets hard, just run from it. Cause right. you deserve happiness and anything yeah. that makes you unhappy. You don't, you get to only you know, use the metaphor of the promised land, but you get to the promised land by going through that too much or that, 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 you know, dangerous area. Right. Yeah. And so identifying, you know, your value and where you want to go, you can see the journey through that. You can see the other side of the storm. And yeah. so if you know that it's coming up, you can go ahead and hunker down a little bit better for it. You can prepare mentally for it. And it's those storms that, we're trying to help you through. That's yeah. where the ambition kind of gets bogged down is once you start going through those storms, you're finding all these things that are make you unhappy and you start letting that settle in and you lose sight of what's on the other side. That's when um, complacency settles in and that's when you're just now living in this rainy cloud and ex- accepted that everything has to be rainy. And what we're saying is if you have a vision on the other side, ambition finding those little things that are slowing you down because you know what makes you happy. You know what you want to be happy in. You have to figure out those little hurdles that are in the way practically and being able to overcome them. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you're going to have things throughout the day and you know throughout weeks and months that are making you unhappy. But the point of everything that we're saying is what you have to recognize what the end goal is, how to get there, how to overcome those things and have the grit to continue getting through them, mm-hmm. which is a whole nother realm in itself, right? You know, yeah, we've recognized things that are making us unhappy. We're giving those up uh, to eventually get to the goal of what will make us happy. And all along the way, we're going to come, we're going to have all these obstacles to overcome all this shit that's making us unhappy. Uh, we're, we're sticking with the grit to get through it. Why? Because we know what the end goal is, right? Mm-hmm. So, I always say that my end goal is financial freedom, right? And whether that's true or not, I'm not 100% sure. I think that's what I'm striving for. I want to continue working and building and growing the business until at some point I don't have to work anymore. Mm-hmm. But even at that point, I don't know if I'm going to give it up. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other podcast in <laughs> itself. But the point is, I know where I want to get to. So the daily bullshit that you have to overcome uh, you know, when you're growing to financial freedom, which can be a fucking lot. Mm-hmm. 
I know what the end goal is. So I'm just going to keep taking those hits to the chin instead of being a little bitch whenever things come up and, you know, being a crybaby about it and thinking, oh, I'm going to throw the towel in and I'm going to go get something that has security and I can be complacent with. The point is, if you know what the end goal is and all these obstacles come up, but you know what you're driving towards and you have grit, you can get through those things. Mm -hmm. (coughs) And, you know, just to, to pair with that too, Stay tuned to the next episode because we're going to dive hard into what are some certain traits that help you get through that grit? What are some traits there that, because everything that we're talking about, once you make that step back, once you make those identifying factors, once you do every bit of that, you know, you're still a little bit in the fog. It's still not going to be an easy, clear decision, Mm -hmm. right? And so in this process, you know, you mentioned months, sometimes it could take years even. Mm -hmm. Um, In this process, it's not an instantly gratifying thing. And right. that's one thing that you have to understand. If you're making, if you're uprooting any part of your life, there's nothing that's going to be instantly gratifying. For in sure. Process. For sure. And so how do you find ways to know you're heading in the right direction? And so again, next, uh, next episode, we're going to hit down a lot of different traits, um, about 15 in, in, in total that will help you identify exactly where to go next. Um, help you find that reassurance that you're heading in the right direction and how to build your confidence along the yeah. way. And most importantly, staying on track with mm-hmm. it, right? Cause, uh, it, is, it does take a whole lot of mental discipline, uh, to stay on track when you do overcome those obstacles or face those obstacles and have to overcome them. You know, it, it, because you've been complacent for so long in that position, it's, it feels like it's a whole lot easier just to go back to it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but, it's going to take a lot of mental discipline, but hopefully we can have a couple conversations to share with you guys on some of the things that we've experienced, some of the things that we continue to practice mm-hmm. to overcome those obstacles and stay on track. Yeah, just don't let complacency become your comfort zone. That's exactly right. All right. All right. Catch you all in the next episode. Until next time.